0: Welcome to SC Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today for our new series, God is Love, Lessons from 1 John. Today, Pastor Denny Rodney Duran kicks us off with our first message in this series, Light, Life, and Love. Without them, you're a liar. Let's lean into the message together.
1: 1 John chapter 1. I'm going to read the whole chapter right now. Don't worry, it's not a long chapter. But let's get in the Word of God together. Here it is. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you God is light. In Him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, His Son. Purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. And the last verse of chapter 1 says this If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Isn't that scary? that we could make Almighty God out to be a liar. And we'll get more into that in a moment, but the evidence of loving God well, it's gotta be there in the way that we walk towards Jesus. Otherwise, we don't know the direction in being disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. God is love, what's the evidence of that love? Gotta love God, and we've gotta walk in the direction He's called us to walk in. And Jesus says over and over again that there are certain things that should be obvious if we claim to be followers of Jesus. If we claim to believe that Jesus came in human form, if we believe that he was 100% divine and 100% human, If we believe that he came to earth and conquered death, hell, and the grave and took the merits of death on himself so that we could have eternal life. How many of you believe that in this place? If we believe that, then the evidence of that belief and the way that we walk has got to be evident in our lives. How many of you know that deceit is a scary thing because you think you have one thing, but if you're deceived, you don't even have what you think you have. So many times we're deceived and thinking we're exactly where we need to be, but we've always gotta check ourselves. We've gotta daily surrender to make sure we have the evidence of following Christ every single day of our life. And this morning, if you claim to know Christ, but you don't have in your life what John says you should, then you're deceiving yourself. You might think you're walking in the truth, but you're a liar. Aren't you glad you came to church so your pastor could call you a liar this morning? My title gets better. The title of my sermon today is Light, Life, and Love. Without them, you're a liar. Here's the thing. These aren't just three cute little L words that make a, a little sermon for us this morning. Let me tell you, these L words They are jam-packed with power and grace to live life God's way with the evidence of his way in our life. So today, I wanna go back to the beginning. You know, whenever I look at a sermon, sometimes you can find exactly what you're looking for. Just going back to the very beginning, and it says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How many of you love the creation story in this place? This is what the creation story says. The earth was without form and void, And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God's first words were what? Let there be light. There it is, number one. Light enters the picture. And light pushes back the darkness so that God could then create life. So you have light, and now we have life. And God looks at the life in the oceans, the world, the earth. And he looks at it, and it delights him. And what does he do with that life? He... Loves it. There's point number three. Light, life, and now he loves his creation. But he doesn't stop there because God creates a man and a woman, Adam and Eve, to be able to love God, but to have a love for each other. And it was powerful. It was joyful. It was eternally fulfilling. And this is what God planned our world to be. And when it fell into disarray, when sin entered the picture... It was followed by the erosion of these very things. The prince of darkness had now come to rule in place of the light. Hatred would enter where love was until everything was lost. And the enemy ruled and reigned until, come on somebody, Jesus came to this earth and defeated death hell in the grave and set it right once and for all. It is finished. Come on, put your hands together if you love what Jesus did. I love the way the Bible puts it. Are y'all okay if I read some scripture today? Do y'all love the scripture? Let it just wash over you right now. I'm going to read this. Romans five, seventeen and 21. If by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as though the disobedience of the one man, many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. What is righteousness? Righteousness is doing things God's Way, allowing God to transform your life to become like Christ. And let me tell you this, that we've already read it, 1 John, the evidence is right there in our face, but I want to just give you three questions today. And asking ourselves these questions about life, light, and love will determine our next step with Christ. My first question to you today is this, are you walking in the light? Are you walking in the light? You should be able to answer that question immediately. If You have to justify why you're not walking in the light or why darkness surrounds you. That's not how God's intended you to walk. God has called you to come out of the darkness to be in the light of what he's called you to be in. You know, those of you in this room that are uh, over 40 years old, which I'm not, you know, But those of you that are, you old geezers in the room, you know what it's like trying to read a book in a dimly lit room. My eyes aren't like this. You know, my eyes are still good. But those of you that are older, that your eyes are struggling in a dimly lit room, and when someone turns on the lights, there's a great difference between just being able to see something barely and then the way it was intended to be read, let me tell you this, if you're walking through life in a dim-lit room, not seeing and not understanding the goodness of God, God wants to turn the light on for you. How many of you want the light turned on so you can see the way that God has called you to see? You know, all of us have seen the military movies or, or even have these night vision goggles, but these goggles, you can, you can have it where it's at night and, and you see Clearly, it's night, but you can see like the heat temperature and kind of see the terrain around. But if you were in broad daylight and you took those goggles off, it doesn't even compare to the intricate nature of the sky, the colors. But sometimes it is a season where we're going through and we're not seeing the way that God's called us to see. I want to tell you this, God will sink to the deepest depths. God will go to the deepest valley. God never leaves you or forsakes you. And yes, sometimes it doesn't seem just right. But today I want to tell you this, that God wants to take that lens off so you can see bright and see the light of Jesus Christ. The Bible says it this way in 1 Peter 2 and 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness. You're coming out of darkness into his wonderful light. Romans 13, 11 and 12 says, And do this, understanding the present time, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of the darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing, drunkenness, sexual immorality, debauchery, dissension, jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Friends, you know if you're walking in darkness or if you're walking in light. You know if darkness has grabbed hold of you or if the light of Jesus Christ is shining through you. Because here's the thing, if you enjoy the sin, if you enjoy darkness, if you enjoy the gratifications of the flesh and you run in that way more than you turn yourself towards the light of Almighty God. Friends, we gotta make a direction change today. Guys, we've got to walk towards Christ. We've got to open our eyes and get out of the darkness. Today is the day we allow God to turn the lights on. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, turn on the lights. Before I go to this next point, though, I want to give you a disclaimer. And I want you to know this. You're never going to be perfect. If you think that I'm telling you today, oh, you could have never sinned and never sin again. Well, if you claim that, I mean, just our text says that you're a liar because none of us ever achieve perfection. If anyone ever tells you that, liar, liar, liar. No, sir. Never perfection. But here's the thing. The difference is this. We've got to get out of the hiding of darkness and going towards what we desire, and ask God, change our desires so that the light will shine through us and we can live our most fulfilling life. How many of you want the most fulfilling life you could ever live? Okay, that's enough for point number one. I'm gonna move to point number two. The second question is this, has life appeared to you? We have light, but now has life appeared for you? Do you look around you and see the evidence Of life all around you in our text today the first chapter of first john the second verse says this the life appeared we have seen it and testified to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the father and has appeared to us i love that so much is your life itself evidence that life has appeared if you're truly in christ and you're not just lying to yourself then you should see life in your life this might sound trivial friends this isn't trivial this is something you know about yourself and you need to come to terms with it maybe you don't feel like you're the worst sinner maybe you're not living in darkness maybe you're not in debauchery every single day but you feel kind of like the walking dead right how many of you watch that show the walking dead anybody in here Center, 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 center. My goodness, I've never seen that show. I don't know what you're doing watching that. That's terrible. Well, y'all seen zombie movies. And these zombie movies, what is it? We've all seen it. It almost looks like they're real people from afar. And on the outside, yeah, you walk towards them, man, they're doing good. But then in the movies, you get close and there's nothing going on in their brain. There's nothing going on in their spirit or their heart. They're dead on the inside. And God has not called us to be empty shells, brothers and sisters. God has not called us to put on the southern charm smile. Everything's fine. Everything's great. No, we've got to be honest because if we're acting like everything's great on the outside, but on the inside, we're Dead and we're not alive. Let me tell you, the evidence of loving God well needs to be manifested, and God is in the resurrection business. He wants to resurrect you to life. How do you want God's life and God's life abundantly like never before? God says it this way: in Romans 8:10 and 13. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Friends, This isn't just possible. This is the bare minimum with almighty God. He wants you to have a life and life abundantly. Why? Look at the teachings and the life of Jesus. We have three documented events where Jesus raised three people from being stone cold dead. We have apostles that have, I mean, it's documented, raised people from the dead. So God is in the resurrection business. He wants to lift you. And if death seems to cover your life and everywhere you turn, you see death, 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 then we need to be resurrected. God wants to fill you with eternal life. If life has not appeared to you, then you have some form form of God. Yes, some form of God, but I don't wanna just settle for some form of God. I want it all. How many of you want it all? I want everything God has for me. So the power to call forth life where there was no life, and the point this morning is that you need to admit where you are. And if you keep claiming to have God, but you never find life, then you're lying to yourself, and you're not accepting the greatest love and the greatest life that Christ has for you. So this morning, how many of you decide you're going to have life? Come on. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I decide I'm going to have life. Tell them. Whenever y'all turn to each other, it gives me a second to get some water. So thank you for talking to your neighbor. And my last point, I want to wrap this thing up because this is the first part because we have two parts today. Yes, the message, but we're going to have a time of surrender. But please understand this morning that God wants you to have life like never before. But this is point number three. Wrapping this up, And this final point, the rest of this series is really gonna follow this final point that I'm gonna get into. You know, our theme for this year is, right there on the wall, say it with me, love God well. And we know our scripture for this year, it's in Deuteronomy, and it's this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one God, and thou shalt love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, soul, and strength. Love God well. But then in the Gospels, They asked Jesus about this number one commandment. And this number one command, he said, you can't talk about this main command without talking about the second. What do you say? You gotta love your neighbor as yourself. And without these two, you can't love God well. The evidence of loving God with all your heart, soul, strength is that you love your neighbor as yourself. So my third question is this. Do you love others? Do you love others? Over the next few weeks, we're going to unpack a lot of truth from the book of 1 John. But the main truth we will come back to over and over again is that God is love. And if you love God, then you'll walk in love towards your brothers and towards your sisters. I'm going to ask that our music team comes up right now. I'm I'm closing. I want to close with a story really about something that happened a couple weeks ago. We were in the middle of staff meeting, and every staff meeting, we start, um, it's on a Monday. It's Monday right after Sunday, so every time we get in here on Sundays, God does something glorious, amen? God meets us, and something great happens. So on Monday, we don't just want to glance over that. We want to we be thankful for what God did on that Sunday, so our first thing and Mondays as we give testimonies. Hey, what God do? Give some testimonies in the Connect team. Give testimonies in worship. Honor somebody. We just open it up with testimonies. and It's one of my favorite things. So we're in the middle of testimonies on Monday in our staff meeting. And I look to my left, someone's sharing. Then I glance to my right. And Isaac Erickson walks in the room. For those of you that don't know Isaac Erickson, The Erickson family are one of the greatest families I know. And they just put Christ first before anything. When the doors are open, they're here, they're serving. I just, I love them so much. Put your hands together for the Erickson family. I love y'all so much. So Isaac, he's been at this church his entire life. He went to SC Kids. He went to SC Youth. Then he went over to SC Kids with Pastor Stephanie, learned how to serve. Learned how to give his time, his talent, his treasure. Went to Evangel Christian Academy, star athlete over there. And now he's at Southeastern University playing football. So now you know who Isaac is. So Isaac, middle of our staff meeting, walks in. And I look over. The staff meeting's happening. And he just starts hugging Pastor Rhonda. And I look at his face and he's bawling, crying, just uncontrollably crying and it dawned on me what was happening Isaac was saying goodbye he was going to college and he had to come tell his pastors his church goodbye one last time it was just too much for him to bear well at that point this was the most important thing in the staff meeting so it stops and he left Pastor Rhonda went right to Pastor Stephanie Someone that taught him how to serve, taught him how to serve people and love He wrapped his arms around her. Stephanie's crying now. He's bawling crying. By this time, our whole staff is standing. And one by one, the evidence of loving God well was the love on this kid's face for every single person in that room. We gathered around Isaac, put our hands on him. This wasn't verbatim what we prayed, but this was the spirit of what was prayed over Isaac that day. God, thank you for the light and the life and the love in Isaac. God, thank you for everything that he's given this place. And God, thank you that as he leaves and he goes to Southeastern, that same light, life, and love will follow him in the Best he's yet to come the evidence that he loves God's will loves God well is that it was all over his face the love for others and those that were around him and today this is what I want to tell you so many times we can just by default give ourselves a break and say you know what that's not who I am I just I don't do good with people and it's tough for me to be with people they don't love me and I don't I will really get them. That's a lie from the enemy. And the enemy is holding you back from loving God well in the best life that you could ever have. It's time to lift the veil and allow people in to love them well, to love your brothers, to love your sisters. Because the evidence that you love God with all your heart, soul, strength is you love your neighbor
0: as yourself. And that's what we're all about today. Thank you for connecting with us today. The first step to a new life is receiving the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, repeat this after me. Jesus, I believe you died on a cross and rose again for me. I ask you to come into my heart to be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Whether you committed your life to Jesus for the first time today or are already on your journey of faith, we would love to stay connected with you. Please visit sechurch.com and follow SE Church on all social media platforms. And remember, the best is yet to come.